Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Initiative Project podcast. TJ and I are here today to talk about exercise myths. Hello. But first, we are going to see how things are going for each of us. How are you doing, TJ? I'm great. We are in at the end of the um, being a seller's market for houses. It's coming up soon. So that means I will be able to negotiate with all you people that want way too much. <laughs> and I can't afford it. So I'm going to talk that $200,000 house to like $100,000. <laughs> Probably not really, but that's kind of what I'm looking forward to, right. getting a house soon. So how about yourself? Um, well, things are going all right. So my dog ate some stuff. Um, some at some point and stuff. some stuff. stuff. Uh, we don't really know because oh, okay. we spent $600 at the vet for two days worth of barium x-rays. Uh-huh. So where they have to give the dog barium and keep her all day long and sure. take x-rays of her. They found a huge mass in her stomach, which they saw move into her, finally into her colon. And we've been anxiously awaiting <laughs> For it to come out, and and it has not, and so like and this is the new dog, right? Yes. Oh yeah. And she just eats everything, so we yeah. have to be super Puppies careful. Puppies tend to do that. Oh, she's yeah. it's terrible. So, so I'm like, I want to see the six hundred dollar poop. Where <laughs> it better is it? be gold in there. Where is it? Yeah. And it's it, it hasn't it. We haven't seen anything yet. I better be able so. to resell it for six hundred dollars. Right. So anyway, we are going to discuss exercise myths today, and there's actually quite a few of them out there. We got 10. There is so much conflicting information about diet and exercise, and not only is it confusing, in some cases, the things that people say or that they think is true about exercise um, and fitness in general can be dangerous. Um, not everything that you read or see is true. And today we're sort of going to discuss these myths, um, uh, that have been circulating for years and you've probably heard at least a few of them. Um, so we want you to know the truth so you, so that you can move forward with your journey. And I'm going to start off with the first one because I have, um, sort of a funny, sort of a funny story to tell about this. So, oh yeah, so do I. the first uh. myth is no pain, no gain. This is completely not true. Um, have you ever heard of rhabdo? I actually know someone who had rhabdo. Okay, so yeah. do I. So I have like a little story about this, and and it wasn't a person who was working out with me. It was one of my one of my clients' husbands. Um, he decided he was going to go work out with his brother. He he wasn't into working out. His brother's really into working out, and they did like I don't know why you'd do this, but they did like a bicep workout. So just a workout totally focused on your biceps. Yeah, I've done that, the eight-hour bicep workout. The, I've gotten through like four hours, and I was just like bored. Um, why? Why would you do we this? We have to grow them. Oh, my god! They have to get bigger. You want disproportionately large biceps. So yes, anyway. I do. They're huge. <laughs> so anyway, he does this workout um, with his brother, and he winds up in the hospital for two days because he got rhabdo. And what rhabdo is, is that the, the muscle sustains so much damage that the basically the muscle cells explode and it leaks um, a bunch of toxic material into your bloodstream and oh, it yeah. can kill you. Oh, yeah. 
So, case in point, proof positive that pain during your workout does not always signal positive outcomes. Same with sweating. Some people sweat more than others, um, and it sometimes sweat has nothing to do with whether or not you had a great workout. So working out does not always have to produce pain. In fact, if you are working out intensely during, if you are working intensely during every workout in an effort to feel pain, you're probably going to end up overdoing it. And you may be even overproducing cortisol in your body, which could eventually lead to overtraining, which we did another episode about, and you don't want to go there. Fat, so, yeah, so fat can turn into muscle. That's number two. Yes, it can. No, it can't. <laughs> no, it cannot, silly. Just like tricks are for kids, right? So we, we talk about different types of tissue. Uh, we've actually caught, covered the different types of fat um, right. in other podcasts. You can lose fat, build muscle, but or vice versa, but you cannot turn that fat around your midsection into abs. Right. It's, there are two different kinds of tissue in the body. So like one cannot turn into the other. Now, if we figure out a way, we will not tell you anyways. Well, if we figure out a way, then we are going to be filthy rich. Yeah, we're going to be millionaires. Right. That'd be great. I can retire. So that is sort of related to uh, myth number three, which is muscle weighs more than fat. So, Hold on. I got a question. Okay. Which weighs more, a ton of feathers or a ton of bricks? They're the same. Oh. Because I'm smart. <laughs> so yes, this is a pound of bricks weighs the same as a pound of feathers. Okay? So we're talking about scale weight here. If you put one pound of feathers on the scale, it's gonna weigh one pound. If you put one pound of bricks on the scale, it's gonna weigh one pound. What is going to be different is the volume. So like the physical size or the amount of space that something takes up. So obviously a pound of feathers, you're going to have like a room's worth of feathers, right? <laughs> I don't even want to know. That'd I don't know ridiculous. either how much, how many feathers would be a pound of feathers, but it would be a lot of feathers versus a brick. You might have like a half of a brick that yeah. would be a pound. So when you, when you take into account muscle, it's the volume that's different. So a pound of fat and a pound of muscle weigh the same, one pound, but look quite different. A pound of fat takes up more space than a pound of muscle. This is why it's possible to lose dress sizes when you start lifting weights, but not see a change in your scale weight. Stretching before exercise will prevent injury. There's actually no scientific proof to back this up. And if you know anything about, uh, oh, what is Deion Sanders? He ran the 40. He didn't stretch. He ran it and left. Really? Didn't stretch. Has a story about it. It's funny. So he like shows up in limo, sprints his 40 time, which was like 4-1 or something <laughs> crazy fast. And then he runs out the building, gets in his limo and leaves. But he, he said, uh, did you, his uh, quote is like, did you ever see a cheetah stretch before chasing a gazelle? That's so true. So... In fact, stretching your muscles could actually lead to injury, and some studies confirm that stretching before a strength workout can significantly increase... Decrease. Decrease. Well, you put increase. I know. I put increase, it but it's Decrease your muscle's power. So it's almost like you're stretching the muscle farther, and there's not as much snap in the muscle. So if right. you're like stretching out a rubber band, right? So don't confuse warming up before your workout with stretching. A general warm-up of walking, cycling, get your blood pumping, followed by some dynamic movements is definitely good for a pre-workout warm-up. 
uh, and save the stretching for after workout because that's basically you're stretching the muscle to force all the blood, the nutrients back in there for recovery. Right. And, and I don't, do you think we should, uh, say like what a dynamic warm up? Yeah. Is? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So when, when I say dynamic warm up, um, that would be things that mimic what you're going to do in your actual workout. So if you're going to be doing squats in your workout, you might want to do, um, weighted squats in your workout. You might want to do some body weight squats. Um, you might want to do some like walking lunges, um, so some side lunges, you might want to do some body weight pushups. These are all things that get your body prepared for the actual movement that you're going to perform. And that's always, so they always say like warm up sets and working sets. Like right. I do free or like, uh, 10 reps of whatever I'm doing. And then I kind of work up to the working set. So that's how right. I do it. Right. All right. Number five. Soreness. So yes, myth number five is that soreness after exercise is caused by lactic acid. This is actually not true. Lactic acid is what causes the, the burn that you feel during exercise, but the soreness you feel anywhere from 24 to 48 hours after your workout is actually due to micro tears in the muscle. So you've damaged that muscle and it will repair itself to, you know, repair itself stronger, which is why we do the workout. But that soreness that you feel is actually due to micro tears, not lactic acid. Right. And I, I definitely know, I tell people all the time, oh, I'm so sore from my workout. I'm like, you don't have to be sore to indicate that you had a good workout. Yes. Yes. Which, which is total, total, total lie. So you have to put in long hours to get benefits from exercise. Very untrue. It's actually, in fact, studies show as little as 10 minutes of walking per day yields cardiovascular benefits. So don't let the time issue or fears of how hard you have to work hold you back. Just get started, do something. Even a few minutes is better than no minutes. And I think it has to be, you know, you do have to look at this based on your goals. Like if your goal is is fat loss, um, you're probably looking at working out or like walking for 60 minutes a day. And this is from a person that goes from zero to mm -hmm. 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. But, but again, yeah, you know, you, you also have to like try not to do everything at once because I think that causes people to, you know, sort of like they'll get on the wagon and then they'll fall off. Sure. So if you're starting from zero, doing, doing something is better than doing nothing and you will still get health benefits. So, but yeah, you don't have to put in these crazy long hours. All right. Myth number seven, if you lift weights, you will get quote unquote bulky. This is more for the ladies. Um, most guys aren't too concerned about getting bulky. I don't know. Are you concerned about getting bulky, TJ? Yeah, bulky isn't fat, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, but most guys want to be bigger, bigger from a muscular standpoint. But the ladies, tisk tisk, we need to have a little talk. Lifting weights will not make you big. Eating too many donuts will but not lifting weights. It's actually extremely hard for a woman to build muscle. We just don't have the testosterone that men do. Um, and you will fight for every beautiful pound of muscle that you gain. Building muscle will increase your metabolism, making it easier to lose weight if that's your goal. It also helps uh, sh make your shape more aesthetically pleasing if that's what you're after. And let's not forget about the biggest bonus, and this is in my opinion, these are the biggest bonuses of doing things like lifting weights. 
You will strengthen your bones, muscles, and joints, which will keep you strong and mobile well into your golden years. So you will not get big from lifting weights. All right, number eight, you will, you can spot reduce. Good news. You can if you get liposuction. So you can spot reduce fat if you get the liposuction, getting the surgeries like that. But otherwise, if I'm going to do a thousand crunches every night, I'm not going to have a six pack of abs because all that stuff's going to still be there. <laughs> so when you lose fat, you lose it from all over the body, the systemic. And genetics actually determine which areas you lose and gain from the fastest. For so, me, like yeah, where is it for you? Like for me, I would say I I lost a lot on my arms and legs first, and then the midsection still there. Yeah, pissing me off. Yeah, yeah. See, and and for me, um, I it always seems like I lose weight right from from my chest, which you know for most women is like really frustrating, um, and then I do lose it from, but I always gain it first in my stomach which is like, bleh. <laughs> but yeah, everyone is different though, right? Yeah, I think everybody is a little bit different, especially, I mean, most women's around the hips and everything, but yeah. For me, it's always the stomach. Usually it's the chest the first to go because they're always, they'll, when I train clients, they're like, why can't this go there? But yeah, and right. And stay it, here. So. It just doesn't work that way. No. But... All right, uh, I'll cover number nine, and you can wrap it up at 10. So the more, longer you work out, the faster you'll receive results. So we live in a, if something's good, there and more must be better, right? Culture, and everyone wants the results yesterday. Unfortunately, overdoing it could cause overtraining like we covered before and or acute injuries, which can set you back for a few weeks or months, like stress fractures from running or anything right. like that. right. Exercising too much and or too intensely can cause hormonal imbalances, leading to symptoms like hair loss, low sex drives, cravings, and food binges, even low bone density, infertility, irritability, depression, sleep problems. Oh my gosh, there's so many. (laughs) Inability to lose weight and a depressed immune system. So your body needs to rest and repair itself. Make sure you're taking at least one rest day per week and two if you're training intensely for long durations. And we talked about overtraining um, in another episode, so you might want to try and find it. We actually did two episodes on that. Um, so, you know, the, the majority of people are not overdoing exercise, but um, just having that idea that you need to work out harder or longer, and you know, you don't have to, to, do, to do that. More is not always better. Well, I think another problem is they go through the magazines or Instagram. They're like, oh, yeah, this is my workout. And it's like 15 pages for like this elite athlete. Right. And one person can't necessarily do that. And if And there's some people that can. That's great. But most of the general populace can't. Yeah, yeah. You really have to sort of take all of that stuff that you learn online with a grain of salt because you never know what somebody else's lifestyle looks like. Exactly. You know, they have different genetics. They have different lifestyle. Well, I there's mean, this one guy, I don't know if you know him, Dorian Yates from back in like the early 90s. He only exercised four times a week, 45 minutes at most, and he was like one of the best. He's like, oh, hey, what's your workout? And he wrote, writes it up for him, and, he's, and they're like, that's it? That's all you do? He's like, well... Come and do it with me then. Let's see how right. hard it is. Right. And so by the end, they're like, yeah, we're done. We don't right. want anymore. So 
It's always well, going to depend. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you just have to take those things into into consideration and that it's just not, it, it's not always about, you know, trying to do more and more and more. All right, myth number 10, working out gives you license to eat whatever you want. Oh my gosh, if I had a dime for every time I've had a client come into me and start working out and then they come back and they're like, nothing's happening. Uh, you know, none of the changes I thought were going to happen are happening. They're not seeing progress, right? Well, there are a lot of reasons why a person might not see progress, but one of the big ones I find is that for some reason, when somebody works out, they're like, well, I feel when we start diving into their diet, you know, like, okay, well, what's going on with your diet if you're not seeing results from your workouts? And it come, it almost always comes to play that on their workout days, they feel like they can eat whatever they want. And, and then I have to be like, no, you, you can't eat whatever you want, even on your workout days. Because when you think about it, the average like cream filled donut, which is my absolute favorite or slice of pizza, which is probably your favorite, right? Yes. From Ohio pie in Brunswick, actually. Okay. (laughs) So the average um, donut or slice of pizza is probably going to be 350 calories, the same amount of calories burned in about 60 minutes of brisk walking. So I don't know about you, TJ, but I can easily eat three donuts or three slices of pizza in less than 10 minutes. That's it? Oh, God. Oh, I, I could do at least half a pizza in 10 minutes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah you could that's do more. Rook, Those are rookie numbers. You got to bump those up. But, okay, right. <laughs> but see, I mean, my point here is that if you ate three pieces of pizza or three donuts in 10 minutes, you're looking at three hours of exercise to try and burn that off. So point here is you cannot out-exercise your fork. So working out does not mean that you can just eat whatever you want. So there's a myth. And and I'm sorry, I added an 11 and I didn't send this one to you. Oh, that's fine. Because achieving low... So this is myth number 11. Uh, it's a bonus myth. Achieving low body fat levels is always healthy. So I added this one in as a bonus because I think people are confused about health, weight loss, and fitness. And one of the most common requests I get as a trainer is, can can you get me abs? <laughs> and my question to them always is, why do you want them? The real answer to that usually is, of course, purely aesthetic. What's on the cover of all the magazines? Abs. But, and this is especially f- true for women, low levels of body fat, low enough to have visible abs isn't actually good for you. So like during the three seconds that I actually had almost six pack abs, it really like literally was three seconds. Um, I believed I was healthy, but I was actually really unhealthy. I was really fit, but I was really unhealthy. Um, The research actually paints quite a different picture on this as well. So people with a moderate level of body fat, yes, that means dad bods and mom pooches, tend to live longer and be the healthiest, especially if they exercise. Um, As we age, being slightly overweight is shown to increase your lifespan. So I guess the question is, do you want to feel good, have high energy, and live a long, happy life? Or do you want to look, quote unquote, athletic? 
And notice I didn't say look good because that's so subjective. Um, you can have a healthy level of body fat. And for women, that's anywhere between 25 and 30%. And for men, that's between 15 and 22%. And you can still look good. You know, I mean, you don't have to have like the athletic, like the six pack abs to be considered a good looking person. I want to look I don't want any comments from you. I want to look good. (laughs) (laughs) But as body fat drops below those numbers, you actually become less healthy. So something to, to sort of keep in mind, you know, what are your health goals? Are they health related or are they aesthetic related? Because it can mean the difference between, you know, healthy and unhealthy. So... Do you have anything else to add to these myths, TJ? No, I do not because I didn't get the draft. She added one. <laughs> I added one and did tell me. him about it's it. Terrible. That's all right. No, I don't think I got everything. I think uh, we covered just about everything that's out there right now. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, until next time, guys, we'll see you. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is TJ and Kelly with the Initiative Project Podcast. If you like what you heard, please like comment and subscribe and if you have any questions you'd like us to cover please email us at initiative p podcast at gmail.com see you next time